Well, we're we're broadcasting for real this time, Miss Monica. It's great to welcome all the saints, and uh, we're here in rainy Dallas, Texas. That just makes my heart glad. We were commenting just a minute ago about how wonderful it is to be here in the sanctuary praying, and then all of a sudden you hear a downpour hit this hallowed roof of the sanctuary and it just it's a sound that is really hard to describe but it's a wonderful thing it's a wonderful thing because of uh, it's a wonderful thing because we in Texas cherish the rain and it's also another wonderful thing because it reminds me of the fact that we sha'al for the former and latter rain, and we're asking God for that. And boy, does this country and the world need it. It's like, it's like when we entered into this odd season of COVID, we knew that there was a battle raging for society and for identity of nations. But as we emerge from this, it's like, dear God, it's, it's, it's almost, it's an unimaginable thing to see the, the battles that are taking place in, in just about every front of, of civilization. And to me, while it's alarming, and believe me, <laughs> I think it's alarming, uh, I see the, uh, the soil of this as, a, as, a, as an invitation for the move of the Spirit and for the light of the Lord. And I know that we simply need to continue to speak that forward to prosuke that and during our prayer time I was stirred by the spirit to to begin to to really apply that prosuke principle of it's like a combination of prophesying and praising but from an interpretation standpoint. And there is the rarity. There's the rarity of, of that prospect because you don't have to be a world-renowned prophet to do this. You don't have to be somebody that does the circuit of going from this city to that to be making your proclamations. Prosuke is the bread and butter interpretation prophecy of the saint. It's something that everyone who is participating in supplication before God can and must do. It's the operative nature of, um, of how we're supposed to function. And to me, that is very different from the office of the prophet. It's very different from somebody who is mobilized by God to speak things into in a, in a governmental standpoint. It's 
It's the covet to prophecy. I would that you all would, would be that all God's people would prophesy. You ever wonder about what, uh, when Moses, the report came to Moses, and they said, people are prophesying in the camp. And he said, would that all God's people would prophesy. That all were prophets. You ever wonder what they were prophesying? I mean, these people were there in the wilderness. And there was a lot of mumbling and grumbling and naysaying and So complaints. were they all just like talking at the same time? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't think anybody, well, I'm sure somebody's asked that, but I was just curious as to what they were actually prophesying. <laughs> well, it's the same with thinking about Saul when he got the spirit and began to prophesy with the... Yeah, what was he prophesying? I, I don't know. Obviously, the thing God was doing right then was Samuel was positioning him to step into a prototypical role of kingship. Mm -hmm. So, was he prophesying about himself? He could have been. I mean, I think that that's a very powerful concept. It seems like, just in studying that, that's always been my impression, that there, that he was speaking into what was to come and into the identity of who God wanted him to be. But we don't know because we weren't there. But no, but it's a good, it's a good question. I mean, it, and, and not only was he prophesying, he's rolling around on the ground. And it was another instance where he was naked and he was prophesying. <laughs> you know, if we had sessions like that, we could we could see the beginnings of God filling this place. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm not going there. <laughs> no, but it's it's in scripture, it's just a strange thing. But you think where you see these things where people were prophesying, you you wonder, well, what exactly were you prophesying? And did you remember any of it? But the issue, though, for somebody that is engaged in intercession and supplication before God, which really all the saints should be doing this, the, the church should be doing this, um, and that prosuke where you are speaking forth you know the vernacular of the Greeks was that it was a wish but with God there is no wishing when you wish in proskuneo you know it's uh, it's that God stirs something and it's not just a one word thing it's it's something that you're engaged with God in and the residue of realization of what what he is what he is impressing upon you as you pray uh, that that then becomes the the onus of what you're what you're looking forward to and and that is that combination of interpretation and praise and prophecy which is really a weird kind of a, a pneumonicos cocktail, you know? But it's something that everybody, all of God's people should be doing, and it, it really is the pathway of grace, you know? 
as God, one of his spirits is grace and supplication. And so that would that would say that it's commune with him and you're spending time with him regarding his ways and it's just what you when you when you emerge from that the imprint of how that has influenced you is what you reflect and and but there's a certain you don't want to make it a formula but there's a certain dynamic to having prayed about it and then proclaiming it well i mean everything begins with a voice so we really have not that that voice can't be our voice of speaking in in tongues or in the spirit but i think there's something about speaking into what god is doing yeah and it, it's it's almost like, and this is a terrible illustration. <laughs> <laughs> How many times? But has you're that used been to that. In this room. <laughs> no, it's it's almost like an alcoholic who um, sees. I told you it was a bad one. Or or any kind of of behavior or anything like that. That until you actually speak it forth, you know, I am a whatever. I. I it, Hello, my name is Ron. I'm a saint. <laughs> yeah, I, it's the same principle. I've been a saint for 20 years. But I know that just throughout my life, just different seasons and different issues that I've dealt with personally, I have always had a tendency to pro, you know, to internalize and to 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 process before the Lord, and and so often I know. In the early days. It wasn't until I actually spoke it forth that it actually, I had to deal with the reality of it and overcome it. And so there's something very powerful about that, I think. So. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously this discussion was not on our radar. You've heard that before. But like the prophet in the Old Testament was largely the greatest percentage was a nabi, one that bubbles up to the surface or kind of bursts forth. And that's that's out of your calling, that's out of an office, that's out of a relationship with God and something that you have a, a governmental responsibility from God. But it seems to be more of a suddenly and you begin to, to prophesy a suddenly as opposed to what the the general measure of the pneumatikos is where it's not you're, you're you're on the floor on your face and you're praying in the spirit and you're 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 uh, and it, you're you're flowing with the burden of the lord and you're sensing as we've taught to interpret to glean what's going on there and, but I don't know that just those those initial things are things you need to be declaring because it's just facts. It's it's spiritual insight. But when something is repeated and it it is an overall emphasis, then you 
you don't just get up and say, well, I, I, thus said me, I declare and decree. And it's not that. It's that you, you the prosuke is you, you are voicing this that that you know this is what God has been doing in supplication and you feel that you have not an incomplete word but but a really focalized view this is what God's doing and you you proclaim that not necessarily to anybody else that that would be okay but you're proclaiming it and then you know there are differences like when we do fivefold um, activations, or we we have various interpretations uh, settings, or even I'll go maybe we can touch f- us first Saturday in a minute, but but those things are assessments. This is what God was doing right now during that prayer time. That may or may not be something that you are to be declaring as a prosuke, because it might be, but it might not be. Um, that's a snapshot of what's going on right then. A supplication is not instantaneous. It's a. It's just like the birthing of a baby. You know, oh boy, you know, I've got morning sickness. That baby's about to come. Well, no, it's not. Oh man, you know, I, I've had to, I've had to get into my pregnancy clothes. So that's a first sign the baby's about to come. Not necessarily. And you know, um, supplication is is the long haul. And it's different than the snapshot, no matter how powerful that snapshot is. And it really is different than a knobby bubble-up prophecy that God says, say this now, turn your face toward this and say this. It's, it's in some ways, is similar, but they're each distinct and different. And I don't think we've really scratched the surface of exactly how we're supposed to be prosuke, prosuke. How do you put an ing on that? Prosuking. <laughs> but I've sensed that over the past couple of days. Something, some things that we've been offering supplication concerning by the direction of the Lord over the months. Now I I'm sensing a stirring that, okay, and I used this term earlier. It's it's become focalized. You can, you can focus on it. You, you see, you're matching the burden with the hunger and the application, and so you line it up like a, a shot on a pool table, you, and you're able to take that begin to make that proclamation and you're right everything begins with a voice but that's um well if we say and we've said that everything really begins in the spirit before it actually manifests in the natural so would it be like our supplication that intercession that deep commune tapping the heart of god and really tapping 
on behalf of um, lack or need or something that we glean that God is intending to do or is in the process of doing. So then we, when we bring the prosuke, is it, is it like an initiation into the natural? Well, if everything begins with a voice, you know, if if it is, and we believe it is from the way the Lord uses it in the context of the scripture, if it is an extension of grace, grace is always pressing forward. It's not necessarily temporal or a reaction to a need that is pronounced at that moment. It's always reaching forward. So I, I don't I don't know, you know, I don't know how to describe. I don't know how to speak into that. I'm just that's processing. a good point. Yeah, I'm too. I mean, this was unexpected today. I mean, just if you know, if Jesus taught us to pray, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so our intercession, our supplication is in a lot of ways like drawing that to earth, you know, drawing the manifestation of the spirit and what he's doing on the earth to the earth. I don't know. These are some deep issues. Well, could that then be why, how Jesus, when Jesus said, when you pray, I'm sorry. No, no. When you're, when you're prosuking and it's thy kingdom come it's not here yet no i will be done it's it's not here right. yet but he said whatever i see my father do now when did he see that now we've always said that it could be the autonomy where it's vision or it's some directive but i think it's fair to say also that jesus patterned what sons should be and you know as well as I do that from what we've seen from the scripture and even the things Jesus taught about prayer, that I don't get up every day and have a vision and say, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. That would be easy, wouldn't it? But if you're, if you're praying and you're spending time with the Father, there's all different kinds of ways that, that seeing is... Um, is the connotation of seeing is manifested uh, in in our life oh yeah i see that did you really see it or are you understanding it do you have the grasp of the concept and you you've you figured out what it's supposed to be and so if everything i see my father do in supplication the father is seven spirits the father is the the culmination of what he what his ways are and what he wants to do so jesus spending time alone with the father and he comes away with an assessment this is what the father's wanting to do yes i see that then there are ways then i think that the spirit like for instance how did jesus know to go to the dude at the pool of bethesda well, he did it because he saw his father. I mean... How did, did you think... And again, this is just rhetorical. Um, did God give him a vision of that? Or did God say it's time to, to go and address this 
this place, this Bethesda thing and what it represents. And, and um, you know, I was watching that Chosen thing. I can't believe I'm ahead of you in the Chosen series. It's just, uh, it's just stunning to me. All the times that you were telling me, you should watch this, you should watch this. But anyway, they depict, I'm not, you know, you've read the book, so I'm not blowing the, the ending. But, you know, Jesus is coming into the town with, uh, I guess, Peter and, and uh, I guess, James and maybe Matthew. And he's going through the Roman checkpoints and said, come on, you come with me. I want you to see something. And he goes over to this pool. But they're talking they're talking about that pool and they're really saying this is a seismic activity. This is in the show. That it's just kind of a an old wives' tale that when that bubbling comes up all these people dive in and and you're wasting your time being here. The scripture says none of that. And I, I really think that I think, just my opinion, that God was speaking something about accessing histemi points and partnering with angelic that guard over those histemi points, much like Philip demonstrated. And could it be that the Father was saying to Jesus, in all, you're, you know, you're going to go to all points where the people are going to be tested. And you said that the ecclesia would be built by going to where the gates of Hades are. Um, and could it be that the Father said, it's time for you to go and it's time for us to address this in creation? And that Jesus went there, and when he got there, prophetically he saw that guy out of all the people that were there, and he went, and the rest is, as they say, history. To me... I think that's more of what happened because of the way that the scripture describes that place and because of the way the guy says why he was there and what happened there and Jesus didn't dispel any of it. He didn't he didn't dispute any of it. He didn't say, well, that's just an old wives tale uh, or superstition. Um, and, and I wonder if God didn't say it's time to address this. And when he went there, that was what the Father showed him to do. But then the Spirit at the moment directed him to which guy to go to. I don't know. It's just, it's just a view. Because of the way we as saints, and I, I think I'm speaking for just about, I think we don't know everything that everybody does. Thank God. But I think from our role as keeping tabs on people, I think that's more of what all the saints have registered from the Spirit as to how God directs. Mm -hmm. Now, there are times, like the one time I've told this story, that when, when I was praying here in the sanctuary, in the balcony, or in the early days, I would see a picture of where I knew I was in Africa. And I was standing and seeing a man stand there. And I thought, God's going to open up the door. We're supposed to be praying for Africa. And then years pass, 
and it wasn't in Uganda, it wasn't in um, South Africa, it wasn't in Togo or Benin, it wasn't in Kenya, it, it wasn't in any of those places. We go into Ghana, we come into the church, and it's not the pastor of the church, it's the worship leader, the exact man that I saw, and I went over and I told him, I've seen you in a vision, and, and I just said some words to him about how much God loves him, and the, the, the precious man, he was probably in his late 40s, he just began to weep, and he was overwhelmed that God did that. Now, I saw a vision and saw this guy, but what it represented for us was, you're going to Africa. I don't know. Have we ever have we ever heard any of the saints? And I'm not saying God can't do this. I know he does this kind of thing. Like when Ananias was told, you go to the street called straight and you find this guy named Saul who persecutes the church and you tell him this. I don't know if he had a vision of Saul, but God told him to go there and do that. Um, have we ever had a situation where God gave a vision and we immediately went and saw that exact vision and did? I don't think so. So I'm not saying that can't happen and I'm not saying it doesn't happen. But I think God in grace seems to be more in a partnership where we try to be sensitive to what he's making very clear to us I want you to go and do this, and then when we get there, then we see things, and we're led of the Spirit to do this and this and this. I don't know. It's kind of interesting, but but the, I know there have been times where there's just been prophecy. You face this, something that God would say through your calling. This is what God's saying, and it may not have been anything that you'd sensed during prayer. It may not have been anything that you uh, were were interpreting, that you chronicled, but then it bubbled up and boom, you know, here's the word. I think it's just, it's. I think it's, t I, I'm increasingly feeling that in the months to come, especially as we're going into these new terrains again, We've got to we've got to be able to in real terms walk people through what these biblical principles really mean and how they function in them. Because it's one thing to know, okay, this is Nabi Prophet, this is Prophet, the last seminar we did, this the, the Prophet. This is prosuke, this comes out of grace, you know, this is supplication, you know. Uh, this is a word of, you know, but how does that actually work? How do you distinguish between these things? Otherwise, people come up with their own cockeyed ideas, and then they either become discouraged or they go off on a, a rabbit trail. Then you think, whoa, wait a second, that's not really, that's that's not really in harmony with the with the theme that the scripture's showing us. You know? Like when somebody does when you do a fivefold. 
and somebody saying, while we were praying, God showed me this, and it's all brought together, and it's put together, and a report is made. That's great. That's like a status report to me. Now, there may be some reaching forward that comes forth out of it, but I think the whole process that when it first began, it's kind of like a fivefold. We don't want to know what you studied three years ago. That's not in this report. I don't want to hear a dream that you had three weeks ago. That's not what this is. This is what is happening right now when we pray. And we want a snapshot of that. We, we want that. It's kind of like, you know, stick the thermometer in. Let's know how cold the water is so we'll know when we can ice skate on this pond. You know, how deep is it? But it's a snapshot. And that's, that's a good thing. That's like interpretation. See, there's so many levels of how God reveals things. And they all seem to fit in different places. And that's one of the things that we, in particularly in France, when we talked to Luke and Sylvia about this, a lot of the French saints who had been, to borrow a Sandra term, inundated or inundated by, by these big wheel ministries that come from the United States and Canada, and they come in and they're going to change all the problems in the city in one, with one blast of the shofar and and then they're gone. And so we've got people submitting words for a five-fold thing, and it was kind of frustrating from some of them because they wanted to get this word and loose it on the city. And when that's not what the objective was, I think it was kind of frustrating for some of those folks, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. I'm just rambling here. What, what say you about this? I don't even know where to where I would respond. You said a lot of stuff. I know. But but I but I do I guess it gets back to it. I I have felt as if we need to have we need to have an understanding of these various interpretive principles that are in scripture and to be able to distinguish what am I expecting here when I'm doing this before the Lord? Now, he can do whatever he wants to do. But what particularly from the scripture should we be expecting with this kind of thing? And what do we do with it? And how is this different than this? And how is this different than this? And I think that's very easily done. But since we've got so many of these now, in so many different principle applications not just about prayer and interpretation but it's so many other ways we've got to almost have a um, a manual that okay here are these things boom 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 and here's what each of them means and here's how you distinguish between them and here's how they apply and so that a novice can look at it. You know, how many times it's been prophesied? The people that come along later will have an immediate ability to catch up. What are we going to do? Dump 80 books on them? Read these. Get back to us. No. 
well, we we've got to put these things together and i think that's part of what this this pod thing is that god was speaking to me about from like nine months ago how do we put that together so that people that come alongside can say all right 20 years ago the saints walked through this 15 years ago the saints walked through this 10 years ago the saints walked through this but now we have the privilege of being able to see and compare those spiritual things and to immediately understand what the scripture is saying about this so that we're caught up it's kind of like what jack hayford used to say i wish i could get a uh, a needle and a syringe and just inoculate people with the things that we've learned and i always thought that, well, that would really be cool anyway so I'm down there and we're praying rain's beating on the roof it's beautiful spirit of the Lord is there and I commence to walking around as I'm prone to do and I feel like the Lord says you need to you need to call this you need to call this into being. You need, you need to start praising forward into this thing. And I recognize I've been praying about this for a while. But I've never felt led to prosuke this one thing. But now the Spirit is stirring me to start doing that. To praise it forward. To praise weights. And to access in God's timing the things that we've been on our face offering supplication for and so we see this is what he wants to do and little by little he's been precepting this and those precepts then of partnership with him now then we cast forth a line and that's that's a that's a that's a neat thing but to me that's different than a bubbling up in the prophetic office even though there are vestiges of that in every prophet's life but it's like God told Isaiah I want you to go and I want you to prophesy to this to Hezekiah you go and prophesy that to him well that's a temporal word that's a I don't think I don't think Isaiah was thinking about it and praying about it you know he remember he comes and he says uh, you know you, you know the story God says you get your house in order or what about when the prophet went and told the king okay I want you to shoot an arrow out the window shoot arrows out the window you should have shot more arrows because if you did you would have had a, a tremendous victory I think that was a word. You go over there and you tell him this right now, which is kind of a weird thing to prophesy, but it's there. I don't think the prophet was praying about the king, and you know, I don't know, I'm thinking, you know, maybe I should get an arrow. I keep seeing an arrow when I pray. What does that mean? Well, God will reveal something later. I mean, I think those are two different things, and I think that's what separates the prophet from the people who are 
engaging in prophecy. Because there's an authority with the prophet that some other Yahoo who's in the schools of the prophets who are sensing things doesn't have. It's like when, when they're coming up to Elijah and they're saying, hey, knowest thou that your master's going to be taken away? Yeah, I know. Keep your peace. It's because they didn't have the authority to transact that. And it was obvious that at, when they saw him from the distance go up, they're scrambling saying, hey, we need to send out a search party. Maybe he fell out of that thing. <laughs> don't do it he's gone oh but we've got to do it what if he's languishing and then they go out and they search and they come back and say i told you he says i told you from the beginning not to go see <laughs> so they know things and they recognize it but it wasn't their authority to participate in it boy that's a hard one to get through to a lot of people isn't it i think when you talk about the, the just what God is leading you into as far as the persuke during a prayer time, I, you know, I, I've kind of had a heart to to initiate something that is more of a prophetic prayer kind of. You could say it's a fivefold. So we could say, you know, we have a group of intercessors. And, you know, when I think about a typical fivefold, we give them an assignment. We pray in the spirit for a season and then we give them opportunity to share what God has shown them. It's documented and it's put into a report, hopefully to be prayed over in future days. But I'm with you. I mean, I have felt this stirring to have more of a, um, more of a living prosuke kind of setting where we have a gathering, we may have an objective, just say we get together we're going to pray for our country and and it's more of a prophetic prayer kind of activation where we pray in the spirit you could even lay it into the five and say okay from the apostolic let's go after this and we pray in the spirit and then we open it up for prophetic prayer where it's more of a declaration kind of where you speak into it in prayer so there's actual um, prosuke declaration that is prayer amongst the gathering yeah. and you could do that with the five but also you could just do because I mean I think there's so many different opportunities that we could do I mean we could do zoom prayer times with with different groupings of people where we get together and we're praying for some specific thing and and there's generally going to be a facilitator and that's going to keep the ship moving, but you keep it going and people begin to, you know, you pray in the spirit and then they begin to declare prosuke, what God puts on their heart through the prayer. So I think that's wonderful. I think in so many ways, that's the way the young people that I've been working with pray on the regular. It's like when we get together for a prayer time, that's what it looks like. It's okay, we're just going to pray in the Spirit, and then you just begin to speak forth what God's put on your heart or what you feel like, you know, the way He's guiding. So I don't know if that's any way near what you're talking about, but... Well, I wonder, I wonder about, like, what supplication really is. Like Hannah. She had a burden for a particular thing, but she had a burden. It wasn't just any old woman that said, you know what? Hey, I'm 
Let's see if God will let me get pregnant. I mean, she had a burden. And I wonder if, if you could legitimately say, okay, the Spirit's saying that we need to pray about this thing. So, if those of you who don't just have an interest, but those of you who really have a burden from God for this, not a bunch of opinions, but a burden, we're going to come together over this series of maybe three times. That's just that's just a suggestion. I don't know. And we're going to pray about this. And we're going to pray in the Spirit. But at that point, we're not going to share what anybody's say, seeing. You're going to remember. But the next time we come together, we're going to pray again. And you, you compare what the Spirit is saying over this time in supplication. It has to be somebody who has accepted that burden or who feels that burden. Because that's what supplication is. It's not just the old college try. And then maybe, I don't know how many times God would say, maybe the third time you say, okay, so we've prayed. And you got to be sequestered too, almost like a jury. You don't want to leave that thing and then hear what, Pat Robertson says about it or the latest thing down the pike from this minister or whatever and then you've accumulated all this stuff and you start spewing it. You just want to hear out of your spirit what is bubbling to the surface. And then you bring that together and that's a supplication release. I, I think there's a difference between, again, the praying in the spirit and sensing things and actually offering supplication because that's a burden. And there's a difference between the two. I, I know that for a fact, for what, I'm, what I've sensed and for what we've sensed in so many settings. Wouldn't you agree? But how you gauge whether somebody is really feeling the burden for the thing and how you know this is what God is saying we're supposed to do right now in gathering this you know like for instance I've been I know this is going to shake you to think that I'm saying this but it's really been troubling to me um, the reaction against the Jews in this country it reminds me of several years ago when there were some things that were done by in the Obama administration that I felt in my spirit was a affront to what our, as a nation, role was in protecting Israel. And we called the Saints Network to pray about it. It wasn't anything against President Obama. It wasn't anything against the color of his skin. It wasn't anything Republican, Libertarian against Democrat. It was none of that. I felt that we were, you remember that, we, they were crossing the line and God was going to judge this nation if we didn't rectify that. So we went to prayer as a network. And I, I feel like the nonsense that's being spewed right now as we are defending Israel. It's not against the Palestinian people. It's against this group called Hamas, which name means violence, who have pledged themselves to destroy Abraham's seed in it, through the Jews, in the Jews. And I, I think 
the, the squad and other idiotas that are saying that the attacks that are going on around the country against Jewish people, I think that this is an affront to God. And not just as Americans, it's an affront to God. And I felt, you know, we, we need to go before God and, and ask him to forgive, but also ask him in grace, according to your eternal timetable and what you're saying, Father. It's not worshiping Israel. It's what is our role, what's happening that's demonic, and what's really against what God is wanting. That's what this is about. And we should pray. And, and it's more of a supplication kind of thing, the burden of the Lord to align up with what God wants to do next in grace, while also preserving the tenets of Scripture that says, you better not do that. I think our country's in some dangerous ground right now uh, with some very specific things that are, that are demonic. And so, but to me, that's kind of a burden that's released from God. And our objective is to say, why is the enemy attacking in this way right now? Yes, we know it could bring a curse on America. It could bring a curse on other places. But what is it the enemy's stirring up that he, as a subterfuge to try to keep something in grace from happening? that God is wanting to push through in these end times. And I think that may be one of the main one of the main roles of the saints in the end time. To see the enemies doing this, we're going to go before the Lord. We're going to pray in grace as sons and we're going to say no and we're going to lay claim to what God is wanting. I don't know. Boy, this is, I told you very clearly <laughs> right before this broadcast, I have no idea what God's wanting to say right now. Do you have anything? Do you have anything? Do you have anything? But, you know, to me, that's a supplication point. God, we repent. If my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. I'll bring healing. I, I don't know. I think, I think God is... But, anyway, I think you're right. I think what you're sensing to do something like this is is uh, is really a word from the Lord. How to do it, when to do it, is is what we really need a clarification of. But it's 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 a grace thing, you know. It's it's a grace thing. It's a supplication thing. And, you know, God wanted Samuel to be born. <laughs> that crazy climate of the people was 
in such horrid condition that there needed to be a lot of repentance for what Eli, Hophni, Phinehas, and all the others were doing. So grace was part of that too. Grace wasn't just, oh, Hannah needs a baby or Samuel needs to come. It was a response to chaos and wickedness on an unparalleled scale. And the reason I say unparalleled was that the people of God, it never happened before. Mm -hmm. You know, even those people wandering in the wilderness, they had never had a Shiloh. Mm -hmm. And they they never had the, the, the land. They've never... Anyway, I'm just rambling. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Hmm. So, I, I don't know. Maybe this is something that we formulate and um, we do kind of in a... I hate to say it, like a test phase. And then maybe we prepare ourselves as one of the facets of the September seminar of putting forth a few things that are significant burdens and having having people if they say I yeah I have a burden for this launch them into a specific prayer time that could be repeated it's this is different than a fivefold um, and then, you know, let's say we do three things. I'm not saying we're going to do that, so don't write it down and ask when these three things are going to be. I'm just shooting from the hip here. Well, let's say somebody says, well, I don't have a burden for any one of them three. What am I going to do? Just stretch out in the pew and take a nap during the time? I don't think anybody's going to say that. Well, some might. <laughs> I've seen them sleeping. <laughs> That's okay. I know it's a long time. I'm not... I'm not having a problem with people taking a rest. Um, but I think then anybody else, we could just do simply not to diminish it, a regular, we're going to pray. Let's get together and pray. Because all these things should be functioning together. It's not new and improved. We're doing this now. Those are the things we can just forget about. We're, I believe God said we're going to be the gift of creativity is really going to need to be evident in the months to come for us to accomplish the things God is requiring of us and that Bezalel kind of a thing where the spirit of wisdom could give us the ability to create things that have never been created before and I think our seminar in September is going to be very different than, well, they all are, but um, it's going to be more like a, a celebration and a grand reopening, but with some really proactive things that we're going to need to initiate. So make your plans to come today. We have a limited number of tickets. Get yours now. Limited number of seats. <laughs> well, that is true. There is a limited number of seats. 
<sighs> well, that was refreshing. I think that was a bubbling up. Maybe that was a, a, a prophetic download that this ye shall do. I didn't see a vision of it, but I think the Father's showing this is what he wants. Um, so, um, updates, we've got seven and a half minutes left. We placed the order for the new equipment. It had to be ordered. It's not on a shelf at Best Buy. The equipment's being built for us. And um, I don't have any target point as to when, um, when it will be installed. They haven't said that yet. I guess they have to wait till everything's in and then get us on the schedule. Uh, I want to thank those of you who have um, sent contributions toward this. And again, I'm, I'm not looking at specifics as to who gave and who didn't. I'm just getting a running total. It's not a running total. Kind of so. Growing, a growing total. I think right now, you know, I've sent $30,000, which is what they require in this company. The rest will be paid in two segments. And I think we've gotten like, Twenty-five thousand, roughly. So we're we're on target, but we still we still uh, need to fulfill the rest of that. So if you're praying about doing something, you know it'd be great if when we come in September we say you know we're not going to receive an offering for this because it's all paid for, and it is going to be all paid for. Is that a burden that we need to pray for? <laughs> is, that a, uh, is that a supplication? I don't know. I'm not worried about it. This is very different. And it, it reminds me of the other times we've done things. I remember when we first got this equipment, the Holy Ghost offering, and what a monumental process that was where people were bringing treasures and things God told them to give. And we'd go, these people that came and facilitated it, it was really, you've testified about this, it was really a touching thing. Even the things that God told, I can remember things God told me to give. And um, I, I remember one, I had my high school ring. And it was, back then, you know, Justin's. <clears throat> There was a hunk of gold in that thing. And I just kept it, you know. And God said, I want you to get give this. So the people told me what it would cost, you know, what they'd give us. And I thought, that's great. Well, then my oldest daughter got wind of it. She said, Dad, I want that ring. And so <laughs> I said, okay. So I went and wrote a check. I did for what that ring cost what they said they'd give and I gave the ring to Kelly and gave the check to the church <laughs> it was a strange thing and I thought we ever do this again I'm not going to let anybody in my family know what we're giving 
we're giving away. <laughs> I remember that just like it happened yesterday. Oh my goodness. But what we did and how God blessed it and how it was, uh, and people in the network, many of you participated, that was such a different thing. That's so funny because what I gave, I, I mean, I gave it with my whole heart. It was very special to me. And I walked into the sanctuary and was just processing before the Lord after the transaction. And shortly thereafter, I had the thought of, I could go to the jewelry exchange and I could buy that back. (laughs) (laughs) And I really, I mean, I really did consider doing that. But then I thought, no, it's a sacrifice. And I, but I have to tell you, I mean, I can't tell many tell you how many times I have bought something for one of my kids that I have in turn bought back from them yeah. and I think wait did I just pay double for that because either it didn't you know they, they didn't wear it it didn't fit or they weren't using it and I thought that's just sitting there so they need money so I'll buy I'll buy that from you and then I think wait I just paid twice for that <laughs> But, you know, when it's oh, your kids, you just do that kind of thing. Well, that was such an odd thing, you know. And Kelly never asked me for anything, but she said that. But that's neither here nor there. There was another thing that I gave. And this is years ago. This is not, I'm not betraying any secrets. But I tried to collect coins all my life. And, of course, at the time, I only did that. We didn't have any money. So I would search through coins and keep ones that I thought were valuable or might be and my oldest sister worked at a bank and I told her Eva if you if you ever see any weird coin come in here get it and I'll give you the money for it so she did that so I remember when I first had the, enough money to actually go out and buy a coin and I bought a gold coin that was the last coin that the Tsar of Russia had commissioned and it had his face on it, you know, Nicholas. And I thought, that is, that's history. Because, you know, then he and his family were killed by the Bolsheviks. And when that much better thing of communism came in, and I just facetious, that's facetious, that's, I don't mean that. So I bought that coin and I thought, this is really, this is great. And I felt, I felt neat because finally I had some money. I never had any money, but I had some money to buy something. And, and it was a neat thing. It was history, and it was an investment in gold. And that was the first. I don't think I've ever told anybody this. That was the first thing God said, you give this for this for this project. So I brought that coin, and, and the, the guy said, oh, wow, this is cool. I always wanted one of these. And <laughs> he's talking to the girl. This, is, this was from the Tsar of Russia. And and the, the, some of these escaped out. The communists melted this because they didn't want any effigy of him left. But anyway, I remember, and I gladly did that. And they gave they gave the church money for it in Adios coin. But um, and I remember even the night the night we did we did the thing, and you led the thing on a Friday night. How's God want to raise this money? Because the equipment was doing some weird stuff during the seminar. And there was some words. There was a word that people are going to give gold coins. And I thought, wow, you wrote that one down. Remember? Mm-hmm. And 
that next week, a precious person in our church brought a gold coin and said, I'm giving this for this. I still have that gold coin. I've been waiting because I knew well, I'm not going to, don't need the money at this moment. And I'm not going to sell it short. I mean, at that time, it was like 1700 an ounce. And I thought it was at 2100 and it's going to go up. So I'm watching and I'm saying, Lord, when, when are you wanting us to go and make this exchange? Because we want to get the most money for it. But that was a gift, and I bless that person. I bless that dear one. It's just interesting to walk with God, isn't it? Yes, it is. You know, and I first thought, well, gee whiz. You know, I'm just telling, you know, you thought things. I thought, this is quite a wonderful gift. I'll just buy this and give the money. And I thought, no, I, I can't do that. I thought about it for about a week while I was waiting. And I thought, I can't do that. This was given, and I have to, I have to transact this. Well, you have to wonder when they, when, when they were commissioned to build the temple, and it was Moses, right, that called for, for no, it was David, mm -hmm. called for and Solomon. Yeah, and Solomon for the people to bring the offering for the temple and. I mean, it would be so cool to be able to see what that pile of stuff was. Oh, yeah. Back in that day. And they had such an overabundance that they had to tell the people stop. So I believe that that's going to be. So anyway, with all that said, we want to thank all of you who have been obedient to what the Lord has said and given. I don't know who you are. I don't know who has and who hasn't who will and who may might not but that's where we are full disclosure we're I think it's phenomenal that we haven't really been pushing this we've announced it I even told Les I said look I'm not I'm not going to say anything about this you can say it from the pulpit I'm not going to push this and um, but I think it's phenomenal that we've received as much as we've received. That's incredible. Absolutely. So, but this equipment is going to give us opportunities to do things for the nations and even do things for this nation that are beyond what we've had. And and I I can see the sewing forward God you've been saying we need to do this and this and this and I've wondered how are we going to do this and when I sat for the presentation of what these equipment could do I thought oh my goodness that's that's this is the vehicle because I didn't know how we were going to do it I, I really didn't so anyway well we're way past time now thanks for tuning in Thank you, Monica. We missed you last week. Yeah, that's right. And um, I somehow had to wade through. People had to tolerate me just on my own. But God bless all of you. <clears throat> Be well. And keep, keep the faith, brother and sister. God is in control. See you tomorrow on Wednesday Night Live. Bye. <laughs>